We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel with Nick Lecky and Tucker Franklin as we try this new format of the show here on KC Sports Network with training camp just around the corner. We've got another fun show today, but Nick, it's been now two weeks in a row that we are recording an episode, which I think is the first time since last season that you and I are on the same page recording now that we're getting close to the season. How's the last week for you been? I heard you just got back from vacation. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, got back from a little bit of a much needed break, um, and it was good. And I feel fresh. Um, I feel good. Definitely didn't drink this weekend, so I feel good. You never do. I'd be really surprised to hear that you drank, and you would be happy to know that while you were down partying uh, in southern Missouri, wherever, northern Arkansas, wherever you were, northern, um, northwest. Northwest Arkansas. Um, we signed a new partner to KC Sports Network, and it just so happened that it's a liquor distillery uh, up in Weston, Missouri, and Holiday Distillery. So be happy to know that there will be um, a lot of alcohol and spirits for you in the future. I'm pissed I can't come to that uh, watch party. I was going to bring that up, and I don't really want to talk about it. So rather okay. than that, we're just going to put you on pause, and we're going to introduce Tucker. Tucker Franklin back for a second episode here on Outside the Trenches. We try a little new format, diving deep into a few topics, and we'll tease those here in a little bit. But Tucker, how's the last week been for you, my guy? It's been good. Been busy. Like as BJ, as you said, we've been adding a bunch of stuff to the KCSN closet, I guess you could say. All the new stuff that we've got coming out, I'm excited to tell people about it, but we got to keep it a secret right now. Can't tell anybody yet. Um, or BJ will have my head. So uh, what what I'm really excited for is, you know, July the 31st, we got that party coming up. It's going to be at Holiday Distillery with Jack Stack Barbecue. Honestly, looking at this Jack Stack logo on the screen right now is making me want some Jack Stack Barbecue. Um, there's never there's never a bad time for Jack Stack Barbecue. Yeah, and they we've been negotiating or not negotiating, but just discussing back and forth with the best way to get food up to Western Missouri for uh, Jack Stack is and how to cater it. And there's not a full kitchen, so they have to bring their own people and heat it. And like they all know yeah. how to do this stuff, but it's part of the party planning. It's not what I do, like not my part of it, but it's like, hey, you're throwing a party. We got to figure this stuff out. So it's like, hey, wings are going to be there, the cheesy corn, the baked beans, all that stuff's got to be there. You've got to have some burn ends. 
Um, and then the rest of it is just what's the best way to get all that food up there for these people uh, between five and eight o'clock at night. So it's right in the heart of dinner time. Uh, there's going to be sample stations from McCormick at the distillery. They're kind of set up. Um, the whole grounds of the distillery for anybody who's been there before is going to be open. So you can basically do a self-guided tour holding a drink having some burn-ins in one hand and a drink in the other and walk around and see how the bourbon, the vodka, like all the stuff that they do up there, see how it's made and have experts explain to you how it is made and how it is local. I think that's the coolest thing about it yeah. and talking about this whole party, this whole deal and this new partner with McCormick and Holiday Distillery is that that bourbon is Missouri local bourbon. You know, it's the Kansas City's local vodka. People know about 360 vodka. This bourbon, the corn for this bourbon was like 10 miles down the road. Like that's where so it's cool. at. Like it's it's so freaking cool. cool. And I'm sorry that you're not going to be at the party. I'm happy that Tucker is going to be at the party. And Tucker, I'm glad that you can keep a secret because we hired you keeping the entire secret that we had an entire side of the network that we were getting, hoping ready to launch and hiring you to help launch, but not explaining to you how busy you were about to be. So it's like, Hey, you got a lot of hours and you started adding it up. Like we got this many shows. I'm like, yeah, but there could be more, but we don't really know, but we need to hire you and you can't like, we're going to block off this amount of time. So right glad, yeah glad no, it's been out. great it has been it has been great it's been going good how are you bj right. i'm good it's uh it was a good weekend it's been kind of crazy putting all this together i mean that's not what this show is about but the casey sports network and the way that it's scaling and where it's going only a few people out there know um there's some really exciting stuff uh, and i know in the the world of self-promotion we're gonna say that we have this new company everything's really exciting coming up but i'm telling you there's some really big name like some really cool stuff when you hear it no matter what fan of kuk state mizzou you're gonna hear something and you're gonna be like oh that's cool like i guarantee you're gonna be like oh that's cool yep. um that's all i'm gonna say that's as much tease as i'm gonna give right now you gotta wait a few more weeks uh but what we are gonna do on today's show i'm really excited about is that each one of us myself nick and tucker all have a different discussion topic that we're gonna spend 10 12 minutes 8 10 12 minutes however long it goes discussing and we don't know what the topics that the other person has brought and so we're trying with outside the trenches to be a little bit different with the format of the show, because in the spirit of building an entire network out, we want to be able to hit on a lot of different types of content, a lot of different ways that you guys can um, be distracted from work or whatever it is that you're doing while you're listening to this podcast. So we're trying to help that as best we can. So Nick, I'm going to go to you first. You, my, my, my guy get uh, to learn how to talk, teach me to talk is what you get to do right now. <laughs> I can't even get the joke out and I'm not going to edit this because I'm a professional and yes. I, I love the fact it. that people get to see us being bad at our jobs instead of people that edit it all out. It's like, they're very good. They're better. That's okay. I'm a big music nerd and I love on albums, like on actual albums when they, when they leave the producer talk in there or they say, end it. And then, you know, the, the song ends and it's like, I like that rawness uh to this yeah. thing and so uh, i will lead off the uh the discussion today on our new new schedule or our new uh topics let's call it blind nil like uh like with uh spades if you guys ever played spades right you go blind nil right so that blind is we don't know it and nil because it's you know it's nil it's it's the dead, it's dead not time. a phrase that is used in the sport that we talk about on this show so i but, don't like nil 
Okay. Well, guess what? I'm, 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 it's it's sports, BJ. It's it's a man. It's it's not a man. It's it's a game. It's a game for all adults. A lot of drinking and spades is a fun game, fun card game, and play it with the group. So we're doing blind nil. And my first thing is, what the hell is up with this preseason schedule? Like, it's camp starts the 28th of July, and then you go at San Francisco at Arizona and then versus Minnesota is the third final one. And that's the 27th. And then you got final cuts, the 31st camp ends the fifth. Like, I don't get it. Like what's going to happen? Like, how are they going to treat that third preseason game? I don't think that, I think they're going to treat it like these guys are barely going to play. I think these yeah. guys are barely going to play in the preseason and you're going to see a lot of missed tackles and a lot of bad football on the physicality side of it early in the season. Because again, the coaches are going to reverse engineer this. Like what's the worst that could happen? Like, I know the guys need to get physically ready, but if I push them so much that I don't have them, that's the worst thing that could happen. Um, not that they didn't get enough practice to go out there and do certain reps against certain things. So I don't think those guys are going to play in that third preseason game. I think it's going to be, um, a lot of shells, a lot of thud, um, a lot less to the ground. Not that Coach Reed did a whole lot of that at camp. Um, but I think you'll see some more injuries. You'll see a lot of over-analysis of all of it. Um, mm -hmm. But it is, what is it, it is what it is at this point in my eyes. I think what's really interesting about it now is you're seeing these preseason games shift to more of for the cuts than for the actual players playing in the regular season is what it seems like it is now. And Nick, we were talking kind of before the show, kind of talking about the schedule. Eventually, this is going to go down to two preseason games. And then you have to start thinking, well, what are those actually preseason games good for? Like, are the players actually going to play them? Are they going to do them for roster construction? That's kind of the whole thing that I think it's a real feeling out period because this is, you know, brand new first year that there's 17 games in an 18 week schedule. They had to cut a preseason game to tack on the other regular season game. So it's all a feeling out process. And, and that's kind of, I think the great mystery for everyone uh, on the other side of this podcast, right. Is what's going to happen for these preseason games. Are they going to be, you know, worth going into the game and seeing? And I know that there's been limited capacity last season and people just want to see Chiefs football, but are you really going to see Chiefs football at these preseason games? I think that's kind of some of the questions that we've been getting asked in our, in our discord channel on, on the KC sports network. And, and people are asking, Hey, which games should we go to? What are they going to do in these games? And honestly, I hate answering a question like that. We don't know. Like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And I think that that's kind of just the general consensus around this. Well, it's funny, too, with like, you know, you see workout videos on social media from all the players and everyone stays in tip top shape. And we look at the, the original camp was for BJ before I played much to your chagrin, like in the <laughs> 80s. Right. When guys had a second job and couldn't work out, but they have training camp to get you ready. But now modern athletes stay ready. Right. There's never really a time where you're not ready. So at what point do you say? Why do we have to have camp so long? When does camp just turn into like a like a two three week deal, and say you know rolling the games? It, it's a great question, but I think I'm I feel weird saying this to you as somebody who played there. But I feel like there's getting ready and going out there and doing calisthenics or doing the new age training, whatever they call it. You know the the semi circle running, 
you know, Bobby Stroop on social media used to joke with him about that, where he gave it a fancy word. I go, you're just running in semicircles or something to that effect. Um, but this new age training stuff that guys are ready, but it's a whole different deal when you put pads out there and you're pushing and pulling on somebody else who's trying to, you're trying to stop another grown man from doing something physically that you have to stop it, whether you're on the offensive side, defense side, whatever it is, that's where the injuries occur is because there's not enough practice or your body's getting used to those types of little movements. And you correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but that's where I feel like somebody's going to get screwed in this. And Tucker, to your point, if you have less of those games, are the stars going to play less because they don't want to get hurt? which means that the younger players and those fringe roster guys get more as many reps as they were getting in the past, or some coach is going to say, Hey, my starters, I got a new offense. I got a young quarterback. He's got to get those reps. Well, then all those young players who probably aren't going to make the chiefs roster because they got a really strong one, but the back end of that roster where those guys may get a practice squad call up somewhere else, those reps mean everything to those guys. And a lot of people and myself included are guilty of it. When we talk about the NFL and the players and the rosters, we, can overlook what that means to those guys and gloss over those like yeah it sucks for those guys but let's talk about the star like the stars because that's what the majority of the content the podcast all the stuff's about but there's some fringe roster practice squad type guys that with less preseason if coaches still give their starting guys the same amount of reps that are going to miss out and that sucks for those guys to not have as much tape to show the rest of the league so injuries occur by accident and um sometimes they can occur when you're tired i know the times i've got hurt it was um one time it was like from behind so i didn't even see it coming um and then another time i was tired and i felt the pile roll behind me and i didn't have the like i was too tired to like lift my legs up and they just got rolled up underneath mm -hmm. so that's it uh, i also think too i mean when you look at it too if you're talking about like second third fourth string guys there's a good number of people who, who enjoy seeing the bottom half of the roster sort itself out. Yeah. Are you guys, yeah. Are, yeah, Tucker, are you in that camp? I think that there's like, like you mentioned, there's a, a certain sect of fans that really enjoy that. You know, you have your casual fans, but then you also have the diehard fans that know all 53 guys on the roster and know who's on the practice squad and stuff like that. So I think this game, these games will be, good for them good to you know it's it'll be good for fans to get to know these players and and i think that it is kind of fun to see these players that you know you heard and heard of in college right play for these small schools and you see them out there on the preseason games and they're scoring touchdowns i remember i went to northwest missouri state and josh caldwell was was at northwest missouri state from kansas city uh, blue springs i believe is where he went to high school and he got on the field he was he was a undrafted free agent he scored a touchdown and that's just really cool to see and, and a lot of the times that's the only football that, that he saw. I think he signed up back in Chicago, and but he didn't get to get to be on the active roster there. So it's cool for that perspective of everything to see how that all shakes out. And I think we saw like a, no preseason games last year. There was an uptick in injuries for sure um, and because these players didn't have a whole lot of time to get ready. Now that also goes into the preseason leading into uh, just the preseason training, not an abbreviated training camp, everything like that kind of piled up. But with a, with a full offseason and now an abbreviated uh, preseason, I, I'm curious to see how that all works out of, okay, what are the injuries going to do now? Because there were some people saying, I know some even some players saying, hey, let's just scrap this preseason games. And I think that's usually the bigger stars who are saying, hey, let's just scrap, scrap these preseason games. I don't need to go out here for 
three games, two games, and put my body at risk. But I think that that's that's really interesting. That you, it's usually the stars you see that. But to your point, Nick, it's it's that roster building shakeout at the very end of it that is intriguing to like that third and fourth preseason game. It's always fun to see those guys you watched in college, like a Byron Pringle, end up making the roster, and you see that and you're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. And you always end up cheering for some of those guys too on the on the bottom half of it. And I think. What? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry Nick, real quick. The other part of it, and I I love that that Chiefs fans, more than a lot of other fan bases, they're so invested into the team that they understand the roster battles going on in the boss. They yeah. understand those big storylines that are happening with those guys that are getting those reps in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't say the whole fan base care because there's always that like sliding scale of fans who just turn it off in the fourth quarter. There's a reason the TV ratings drop and every like it it's all very real. But the people who are watching are diehard fans who just want to watch football or they want to support their guys or their storylines. But I honestly believe that if you, and this is where I had a different perspective and I have a different one to this day, even though I'm not, I don't know those guys personally. It's like when you are there day in and day out, like I was for six years, just seeing how much time went in and Nick, you're a testament, anybody you ever played, like all of the workouts and all of the, the meetings and all of the shit that you put through your entire life to get to that point is met and realized in its like top moment for all of those guys in that fourth quarter. Like they may get a chance to go play a little bit, but they don't get a ton of it. And for a lot of go- those guys, if you were making a moment, like a football movie about their lives, like invincible, like that's the highlight of their life. And I respect the hell out of it. And I love watching that, not from a, who's going to make the roster, but it's just like that dude is living his dream right now. And he knows it. And he knows this may be his last chance. And I just appreciate the hell out of watching. It. I know it makes me a sap, like all the crap that I get made fun of for, but like I invest in that stuff. So that's why I love watching the end of those games. I got you. Okay, so then uh, last little quick topic, and I want to hear you guys. Week one or preseason game one, uh, how many reps are the starters getting? Is it like back in the day where they just get like a series or a quarter? Are they going to go two quarters, a couple good drives? What are you thinking? I think it's got to be it's got to be at least a quarter, right? As what I'm yeah. thinking, maybe a quarter and a half. I don't see a full half of football mm-hmm. being played by the starters, but you got to be you got to kind of expedite this process, right, of getting the starters ready with only 3 games. So, maybe a first quarter in the first game would do it for them. I think you see Patrick Mahomes play one drive where he hands the ball <laughs> off to Clyde Edwards-Helaire twice and throws a bubble screen to McCole Hardman. I'm going on record July, whatever today is Uh that that is the first drive that I think the chiefs have. I don't think there's any chance that, and I don't know this. I have no reason to believe this, but I think from coach Reed or the chiefs or any perspective, you always want your guys to be ready. You want to get them a lot of reps, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the only thing that you would not be able to live yourself for is by giving extra reps and somebody gets hurt by putting him out there when he doesn't have to be out there. If that means it takes him two or three games during the regular season to go into it, that's fine because it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes at 80% feeling his way through the first quarter of the season to me is better than calling four play action passes on a nine step drop in a preseason game, hoping that that block gets picked up and they don't blitz and somebody lays out our quarterback in a game that doesn't matter. So and that there would be an understanding that you wouldn't call plays like that in a preseason game between coaches. <laughs> not that that stuff would happen, Nick. Yeah, but exactly. Exactly. No, like I, I'm, 
I'm satisfied with your answers. And I, I'd say from my perspective, I'd say week one will be a quarter. It's like a blending. And then week two will be a half. And then I don't think starters play week three. Like, I think they're just like, no, like this is, you're good. Like play a series and that's it. So that's how I feel about that one. Uh, now in the spirit of blind mill, um, Tucker, you now have the talking stick. Uh, and yes. we're curious to see what your topic is that we know nothing about. So I wrote down three different topics because coming to the table, I wanted to be prepared. Stay ready so you don't hurt. This podcast yeah. is going to be an hour long. <laughs> Presented by Jack Stack. <laughs> Listen, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. But I think right. I have a good one for the for kind of going off what Nick's topic was. There's now 17 games in this NFL schedule, right? So with an extra game, how do you think this really impacts the stats? How do you think this makes Patrick Mahomes look and everything like that? I know we've kind of briefly touched on it with the with the Casey Lab did a little bit, but I kind of want to dive into it more. Not only Mahomes, but you're gonna have Kelsey, you're gonna have Hill. Are these records all just going to be null and void essentially at this point? You know, do you want to take this one first? Yeah, sure. So it, it, it almost reminds me of when the NC2A added into bowl games in the stats. So you're sort of, you know, cleaning the slate on records. And, and I like how this is coming off a year, you know, the extra game for the, the stats wise, which players don't give a shit about until they're, or uh, whatever, trying to make money in their contract or at the end of their careers. Um, you know, I think what, what's going to happen is that you have a, a very hungry, a very motivated chief squad who felt like they were embarrassed uh, in the Super Bowl. So now you have a bunch of guys who are motivated, ready to go. And, and I think this will be a year where, you know, if I'm not a fantasy football guy, uh, but if you're fantasy football, I'd, I'd be taking, I'd be taking all the Chiefs players. Like, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of stats put up this year. The stats discussion has always been an interesting one because it's so convoluted now because some people include postseason, not to hijack the question, but we talk about stats now, having yeah. worked there and coming up with records and being part of the team that would announce like, hey, so-and-so is three point, like three touchdowns away from setting the record for such and such. It's one thing to put that out as a media entity and be wrong. I have to delete it. It's another thing to be the team and put out your own stats and be wrong. So we played in this space a lot. And at the do our postseason stats included when you talk about career numbers in general, they're not postseason is a completely separate thing. Whenever you talk about they have the most touchdowns in NFL history, yada, yada, yada. It's only regular season games. I hate this adding the 17th game and the stats changing, not because I am this historian, but because I'm going to hate the discussions of asterisks and eras and having to change the stats and all the crap that is going to fill up blah, like fill up everything full of conversations that don't matter. One Oh one. I think it's best for the game right now. You already can't compare eras because the game is called right. differently. It's played differently. The, all of it is completely different. So I, I hate this conversation, Tucker, but as soon as you start, I said, I, I was sitting here like, don't bring it up. Don't bring it. Ah. So, yeah, I think it's going to jack everything up. No more than yeah. the league becoming a passing league has. I mean, what are like five of the top 10 passers in NFL history are all within like the last 15 years or something. Like I, there was a stat like that mm -hmm. up of like NFL yardage leaders with Peyton Manning and um, Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers is up there. 
and Roethlisberger's, I think, on his way up there. So, uh, yeah, stats are – it's going to get to a point where stats are only era-based and should only be discussed within their own eras, in my opinion. Yeah, stats are tricky like that, though. I mean, I think that I think that you kind of nailed it right there. And, Nick, you brought, you brought up a good point, too. These stats are going to be used a lot in, in contract discussions, right? So you're going to have Tyree Kill, who has made some claims. You know, he doesn't know if he's going to get extended. He just plays football on the field. We don't know what Tyree Kill is going to end up doing. Uh, but then he goes out here and he puts up a record number, but he gets to play one more game. So it's just like, how do you measure all that? I think is is really interesting with the first year. Now in 15 years down the road, BJ, this stuff's not going to matter. Um, you're yeah. going to be like, oh, they added a 17th game. We forgot about that. Um, and then all the stats will even out just like that. Every All the records are going to be uh, washed away. But I just think with this year, it's going to be so interesting. Like everyone's going to be – it's going to be a, a career year for everyone, right, just because yeah. of the 17th game. Um, so I think that, that that whole topic, that whole conversation, right, is a very – um, I'm trying. What did the what was the word you used, BJ? For which part? He uh, used just a about lot of different words. <laughs> he did uh, about just like the general the generalities of this conversation. It's very subjective, maybe because um, you know you can make stats say whatever you want them to say. They're so tool. I think yeah. that. Yeah. So I think in this situation, too, you start to look at it with the 17th game and and from the player's point of view, while they might not care about them at the time, there's going to be players come up in in these contract situations and be like, hey, look, I set this record last year. Um, And they're going to be like, well, you know, you added a 17th game. But you can say, hey, it's still a record. Um, So that's going to be a really murky waters, I think, to tread. Yeah, luckily the players don't have to have those conversations with teams. That's so that true. would yeah. that yeah. there would be a lot more feelings that would be hurt mm-hmm. a lot more often. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that players should have agents, in my opinion, and their egos staying in check and being able to worry about what they can worry about. I think that's all part of it. And I, I'm sorry that I didn't remember what word you were looking for. I was too distracted by being insulted by Nick. <laughs> I heard that. I'm glad you heard that. I'm glad you heard that. <laughs> I am. Right. Damn it, you made me lose my train of thought too because um oh that's what's well, put say. that on me. Has has Mahomes ever played week 17 of the old thing anyway? So he was already down one game yeah, anyway, still setting crazy records, you know. His debut was in week 17. Yeah. No, 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 as a, starter, game. as a starter. Oh. As a full-time starter. He did start that game. No, 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 no. <laughs> he didn't start week one. But has Mahomes started? started and he came back in and really. No, he did in 2018 because I was at that game against the Raiders. That was when he set the 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard mark. That was, I think, the only year that he's done it, though, was in 2018. Yeah, it is. It mm-hmm. is. So it'll be interesting to see if he can best that record then. It'll be, it'll be 60 touchdowns and 6,000 yards yeah, with an extra game. Just telling me won't. <laughs> The yeah, best, it could end up being the best thing. We talked about this, and I know everybody's like, oh, you're just trying to make it sound good. But the way these guys are wired, that losing that Super Bowl to Tom Brady and the way that yeah. then they go and win all the ESPYs and all this stuff, like not that it's it matters and that it's real on like a like conscious level, but on a subconscious level, you can't tell me it doesn't motivate those guys when they see it all. And that yes. in, in a couple of years, we may look back and be like, you know what? They maybe needed a little motivation at that point. Maybe they need a little reminder yeah. that other teams are good too. Agreed. Yeah. So BJ, that's all I have on that topic. I you, I'll just all give right. you a little peek of what else I wrote down. Um, there's a two. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's a, a, you don't. You don't have These to. Are, you don't have to answer all of them. But the island of I misfit ideas. 
<laughs> yeah, essentially, is this what it, what it is? Because I think all of these are going to expire as soon as this podcast ends. But um, there was a there was a tweet going around that said, uh, "Wide receiver route running is not a skill." Um, and oh. there's been a bunch of wide receivers talking about it. I didn't Did know it come from an egg, really essentially. Um, but uh, and then another one I had: What will it take for Travis Kelsey to be the best tight end ever? Um, so I know there's a lot of discussions about Travis Kelsey already being the best tight end, but done here. Um, <laughs> there hey, Tucker, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you the quick breakdown. When other receivers talk about, man, this dude's a great route runner. Enough said. I mean, that's, that, that's a thing that other receivers talk about and you can say, man, this guy really, man, it, there's a lot of stuff you can do. There are lazy route runners, you know, people who didn't make it cause they're lazy route runners and you round off, you know, a, a certain, um, like any sort of wide receiver thingy, whatever the hell they do. Um, I can't think I need a bang. Um, that, that it's like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's an issue. It's a skill. It's a skill. And then, but there are yeah. some quarterbacks who say, listen, I'm going to throw it to this spot on this play. You better be there. And yeah. it's like, okay, get, get to that spot. And then what was the other one? What was the other, what was the other topic? Travis Kelsey about being the best tight end. Time. What does he have to do? Time. Yeah. Time. That's it. Just time. That's it. Health. That's all he needs. Yeah. Time and health. That's it. If he Fair stays enough. healthy and plays as long as Tony Gonzalez, he's going to shatter everything that everyone ever Agreed. did. And the, the beauty in his game is that it will translate well to him getting older. Oh, man. And I think yeah. we saw a glimpse of it during that t- tight end you thing, which is phenomenal, by the way. And oh, yeah. everybody should give like a legacy payment, kind of like the old days, to Duke Manyweather because he started that – actually, Vaughn Miller because mm-hmm. that started it to Duke Manyweather. But they've started figuring out that – Eventually, there's going to be like a guard summit. There's going to be a cornerback right. summit led by somebody. Um, but Champagne. it's going to be like every position group. That's not the corner that I was thinking off the top of my head, but I'm not right. saying that name because we're not going down that road right now. Um, guy in San Francisco. So, um, Dion. Yeah, I, yeah, Dion. Richard Sherman, Nick. Richard Sherman, Nick. Right, he's, he's legit. He's yeah. a good quarterback. Good quarterback. So, BJ, what do you got up for us? All right. So, last but not least, third topic. I love talking about nostalgic, kind of comparing like old, old things to new things and how different eras, how players would respond to different eras if different things were available. So, within that, each of us, and luckily for me, I've had time to think about it, uh, and I will go first for that reason, um, are going to come up with a player who we feel like would be viewed differently from a legacy slash just branding, just kind of like fan, what, how they're viewed would be different if social media were available back in the day. We've always said it in terms of, you know, your heroes wouldn't be your heroes if you got to see everything, yada, yada, yada. But just in a, not in a negative way, but just what's, who's a player that you feel like would be viewed differently. And I'll go first because. Any sport? Sure. Yeah. I don't care what sport it is. So, and I'll give my first example to give you guys an idea of kind of the route that I'm thinking. Mine is Terrell Owens. I feel like if social media were, was available at the time that T.O. was playing, the way that T.O. carried himself and just that confidence, that attitude, you would have seen it more prevalent in the league from everyone where he wouldn't have been kind of singled out as that cocky football player who he kind of owned it and it became part of his brand and he used it, which helped him in the moment, which hurt him down the road um, for reasons that were out of his control and that were right, were not correct, not a discussion worth having. 
but I do think he's a player that would be viewed differently um, that in a good or bad way, I just feel like he was so good at using media with his agent, with Drew Rosenhaus. They were so good at it and they were first to kind of brand him in that way and get that kind of controversial figure that I feel like if social media were around, uh, he wouldn't have had the same plot. Everyone would have been kind of on equal platform um, where a guy like Chad Johnson, I think would be, he would own Twitter right now. I think if social media was around, I think Chad Johnson would have absolutely murdered it. But Nick, I want you to go and share a player that you think would be viewed differently if social media were around 20, 30 years ago. Babe Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. Um, Well, okay. So, so I love all these facts and like, you look like Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. Those guys are some serious dirt balls. Like, like yeah, that's where you want to go with it. Degenerate, to go there. degenerate, alcoholic, whatever's, you know? And like, I think those guys back in the day, there was that um, media would cover, right? They, they would cover. Who for do you think they were drinking players. with? <laughs> like, well, whoever, but they would cover from. And then if Twitter was, was back in the day, it's like, now you've sort of turned, um, journalists now don't cover for players anymore right there's no because the world is too transparent with social media Uh, so you really can't because the truth comes out like someone gets booked any sort of jail we we know about it within five minutes tmz knows about it yeah within a minute exactly Yeah. yeah so yeah so i think babe ruth would be um he'd be a guy where you're like he's this revered person who visited sick kids and stuff like that. But it's like, he's also the guy in the bars, you know, before a game and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's, I think his, his brand would be different, you know, it'd be, and I think, I think those who know would be like, okay, that's my guy. And if you didn't know, you're like, Oh God, like he can't be my kid's role model anymore. I like of all the examples of anyone that you could pick up, it went, pick up this idea with because this translates to every like don't meet your heroes like there's there's yeah. a lot of players that i feel like going to this you went, with babe, you went with babe ruth <laughs> I, the og to just to kick it off just to just to get and just and it also speaks on the different eras as well yeah. too i mean there's a whole different era and if you it, it's like i want i like that video of the san francisco streetcar 1906 uh and the video camera and it's like just a video camera on the back of a streetcar and it's going, you know, wherever people are walking in and out. And I'm like, that's a different era, man. It's just a different yeah. world. It's another universe. A, and a whole different conversation, Tucker, before I get yours, Nick, because it, I'm almost terrified to say it out loud, but it, it brings into the point of like taking today's sensitivities and what we judge as like normal for a man, like just not, and I don't want to say it the wrong way, but like whatever anyone does judge differently today than it was 80 years ago, right, wrong, or indifferent. So do you put today's more like moral compass back then? And how do you judge people? And we're going to change Babe Ruth's legacy here on outside the trenches. <laughs> Cause it doesn't really matter, but fun discussion topic. It is. Well, right, the same Tucker, vein, 
in the same vein as Nick, I kind of thought of one where I was like, okay, this guy reputation wouldn't be as good. First guy I thought of was Michael Jordan because we all know, you know, it's out now that he had a gambling problem and there's been some bad things out about him, but people highly revere him uh, as a person that you want people to look up to. And I think that his legacy could possibly be changed, you know, if he had social media around back then, if people were snapping pictures of him wherever he went or recording videos of him wherever he went. But a guy that I think that could really have benefited from it was Bo Jackson. People today love the workout videos, and imagine the workout videos Bo Jackson could have put out there, because uh, there's all kinds of legends. One of my favorite 30 for 30s is You Don't Know Bo, um, and they talk about just all the legends about him throwing rocks through screen doors and just jumping over creeks and doing all these things where he's literally larger than life. It seems like he's a folklore character. I just would like to see some of those workout videos of him, you know, just chucking hay bales or just doing doing Bo Jackson stuff because unfortunately I didn't get to see him play and that's one of those players that like I see clips of and like see the highlights of him like man like that dude was a different breed like he was clearly on a different plane than everyone else he was playing against and I think he really could have benefited from that because he was a shy guy he still is a sh pretty shy guy and maybe he maybe his his look is a little different if you know there is all this video stuff of him out there. My favorite part of that damn Bo Jackson thing was at the end where he was like, he was like, you know, like you watch football. And he's like, yeah, I might turn on Monday Night Football, watch a little bit. But then I'll tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go to the uh, my rec room and make arrows. <laughs> like, like, Bo, don't give two shits about football. He's no. like, he's like, I'm out. Like, he's like, I'm good. Like, I, I had my fill and that's that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that would have been different. It would have been interesting to see. That's for sure. Archuleta had some good workout videos with the stuff he was doing back in Adam Archuleta. I remember that because yeah. he used to do, I don't know why, because he damn workout video. That's why I remember this, but he used to do like push-ups and he would do like a 360. He would like go down and he would push himself up and his body would do a 360 and he would land. Yeah. And I remember that because I was like, wow, that's a, that's what it takes physically to be an NFL safety. He'd be like, yeah, I never had a shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know anyone that has ever been that athletic. Uh, to be able to do that. Tucker, who was the first player you brought up before Bo? Uh, Michael Jordan. That's right. Yeah, and I wanted to spin this off and bring up one more discussion topic because I got in an argument on Facebook. Not a good oh, God. Oh, no. oh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yes. God. And it was on my own page. So, like, I know these people. Well, except for a bunch of cheese fans who just started friending me, and I said yes, and now I have conversations with them. But I had responded because, Tucker, to your point, about like putting heroes up on a pedestal in the way that athletes today are under their microscope in a way that they've never been before. And that Michael Jordan, in some ways, you would have expected more things to come out, but if he would have known that he couldn't do those things, then he would have hit it better. Like some people do right. today's yeah. or however they get it, like do stuff. But right. I've had this argument with people about LeBron James because there's such disdain for LeBron. And I feel like so much of that comes and there is people just hate LeBron. And I don't think it has and, anything and they exist on Facebook. Yes. And, no, but it, I don't think it has anything to do with LeBron. I know this is probably like most obvious statement ever, but Absolutely. it has to do with like, if you bring up the LeBron Michael Jordan statement, just in passing, it's such a tired argument now that people are like, he's never going to be Michael. Like screw him. And like, they're mad. I'm like, he's never tried to do anything but honor Michael Jordan. Like it's his hero. So yeah, like, yeah. and now with all the, the space jam, like critic stuff coming out, 
it's like it's a damn movie with our cartoons did you expect there to be like an oscar performance? like what were you expecting from this movie first of all He's and is that fair to lebron but the Facebook to get all the way back, like the Facebook post about like, he's never misstepped. Like he's never had these big dramatic like problems. And it's yeah. that, should you reward him for that? And I brought up, you can not reward him for being a good guy, a good role model, not causing the kind of problems that even Michael Jordan and these other athletes that we put up on a pedestal do, yeah. but he's put hundreds or even like a thousand kids through co- some crazy number that has not been promoted or stories and yeah. been told enough. Yes. There's been hundreds and hundreds of kids through college and he's never had a misstep. And we're talking about LeBron. The closest thing that we've ever had to Michael Jordan as an athlete has gone through the social media era without any kind of a major mishap. And if you want to say that the decision was just this big self like promotion, just huge miss. Like the whole thing was a miss because he was trying to raise money for the boys and girls club. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason that it looked bad. And it was like, that was self promotion. I'm like, yeah, he was trying to freaking help. And he realized, Hey, I should have professionals do this. <laughs> like, and let them yeah, do that right? <laughs> kind of promotional stuff, but that's it. And then leaving and creating super teams and all that, like, come on. No, you have no yeah. idea. He wasn't going to keep raising money for the Cleveland owner. Like that's pretty yeah. obvious whether that's out there or not, but yeah. Well, and I think I love how LeBron, like LeBron's biggest misstep was going to his kids' basketball game and sitting courtside with Drake and being a distraction. Like, <laughs> like I love how people are so adamant to try right. to get LeBron that it's like, oh, look at him yell at this ref, make it about look at him, him be a dad. Jordan <laughs> was better. <laughs> Because of that, and it's like, yeah, yeah man, you started at school. Jordan would never days for kids at school in Cleveland. Right. Yeah, I mean, God, what do you want this guy to do? And it's like, man, first of all, don't don't have don't don't let your kids look up to athletes. Right. Look up, you know, at to, to yourself yeah. as parents, and then say, you know what, work hard, do all that stuff. You know, and it's like, man, you can if you want though, but yeah, he, he would be one. I would t- I would tell my son like, yeah, look up to him. Yeah, I would say like there's a guy who did it right. I would say look up to him, emulate him, all that. Be like, look, guy went through, did the right things, cut through all the BS, and didn't fall into any of the BS traps and get get caught off course. He stayed the course, and he is who he is, and he did what he did, and he helped people along the way, and he was one of the best to ever do it. And we can all debate that forever. And he's never been a jackass about all of it, any of it. Uh, which is the annoying part. I feel like most right. people who disdain him disdain him because of everyone else. It's kind of similar to not at the same level of Tom, of Tom Brady because there has been things that he's done, <laughs> but the Deflate Gate and all the crap where everybody's been talking about. Like I think a lot of people don't like him just because so much has been said about it. Yeah, yeah. people love to hate. I'm winners. Oh man, yeah. We get to see the we get to see it firsthand essentially every day, right? You get all these sports talk shows. Uh, I get I should air quote sports talk shows because they're not really like that. If you look at Undisputed on Fox Sports, First Take, they're all just throwing stuff out there, putting fuel to the fire because everything is just now. This is probably a larger conversation, right? But just everything in the country is so divisive, and you bring that into sports, and now they make everything in sports so divisive. Just. If watch if Patrick Mahomes if we win like five Super Bowls and I know it's very like oh that's really cocky I'm just saying if if the Chiefs go off and the greatest start to a quarterback's career in NFL history continues because that's what we've seen if he goes off and like Kent Swanson said earlier from the laboratory tweeted earlier like the floor of Patrick Mahomes' career has been a loss in the AFC title game in overtime in which he didn't get the ball that's the worst that we've ever seen if that continues. 
then you're going to see a country start to dislike Patrick Mahomes at a very big rate yeah. because he's going to be too good. And Chiefs fans are not going to be able to help themselves. They're going to get too cocky about their guy, yeah. and they're going to shrug off anybody else saying any other quarterback's good at anything. He's like, well, he's no Mahomes. Like, yeah, but Josh Allen can still be a good player. Right. Like, that's okay. <laughs> great it's okay to have a – yeah, he's a great quarterback. He's great, yeah. And that's okay to say. Um, but they're going to become insufferable, and people are going to start mm-hmm. to turn on Mahomes because of it. Don't be like Boston. <laughs> Don't be like the Patriots. We've been saying this, Nick, yep. for three Don't years since Patrick Mahomes has been drafted. Don't, Don't become Patriots fans. The <laughs> urge. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember um, uh, who's the um, who's the who's the Chiefs beat writer for ESPN? Uh, Adam Teicher, mm-hmm. right? Um, I loved Adam because I remember I would do a pre show. Is that so? Tuck, it's just uh, me and you because Nick is here. Good. Nope. Yeah, no, if, if your team's winning, you're a good reporter. You know, ESPN will, will put you up higher. And if you're losing, they just, you'll get buried. So, yeah. We're going to infer what you said because you froze for a minute and we did That's not fine. hear that. But are you saying that like numbers were dictating if a reporter is good? Yeah, basically. And the team, yeah. Yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think the best content that NFL teams, especially like internal teams, because that's the way I always looked at it. I just feel like the best content that teams have to put out is when the team is losing because you can't focus on what's happening on the field. So you focus on storytelling. Uh, shocker, whenever the Chiefs were struggling, like that, those stretches with the Chiefs, it was like, I'm going to go to long-form storytelling because I can't talk about what's <laughs> happening over here. And I need to feel like I'm doing my job, which is connecting the fans to the team. And if I can't do it because the team is good, I'm going to do it by telling some stories. Uh, and they all th- everybody thinks like that. It's not unique. Um, but you see a lot of that storytelling. So some of the best storytelling you've ever seen from the Chiefs came out in like 2011, 2012. <laughs> like it was Rob Alvarino and that crew doing the Joe Delaney uh, documentaries. All those Chiefs Kingdom documentaries that we share to this day were all done during a stretch in which the team wasn't very good because you got to think outside the box. Tuck knows. All right, Tuck, you've only been alive since the Chiefs have been good and Patrick Mahomes have been the quarterback. Hey, I'm not that young. You celebrated your – you celebrated like your eighth grade graduation with Patrick Mahomes getting drafted. I mean, that was probably around the same time. Patrick Mahomes was drafted when I was in high school, not my eighth grade graduation. Um, but Wait, what, what year were you born? <laughs> I know, Nick, don't engage this. He's like 14 years old. Say it, say it. I, I was born in 1998. <laughs> That's... <laughs> There's a yeah. picture of me right back here in 1998 punning in high school. We claim to fame, a high school punter right over there. Nick's probably got his high school helmet from Texas. Um, but he's a city boy, so it's probably a really clean helmet. You're dumb as crap, BJ. This thing. <laughs> you're the Texan who doesn't claim any Texan-type things because you're from scuffy. the city. Texan pride. I'm just going to poke at you to see how much like Texan I can get out of you before you're like, all right, I'm not – I go on there. That's all you'll get. I liked. Hey, by the way, <laughs> this segment, this this episode, uh, blind nil, was yep. really good. I like that. I like that a lot. I so do. you you so fans who are listening to this, as we have a terrible way of wrapping up shows, and if you're still listening, then you know this, and you're used to this. That if you like this format of the show, hit us up on social media. Comment below on the YouTube video. And let us know in the comments that you like 
that you like this segment and Tucker is going to do a good job of making sure to put the merch link in the comment section, in the description of the YouTube, along with the link to our sub stack. So you can get the great written content for those watching on YouTube. Tucker is pointing at himself in a weird way that well, makes me think yeah, he's saying i got this that. be very careful tucker about how i'm viewing what you're doing right well, there. I, I knew what you meant yeah he was pointing he for those of you listening on audio only he was pointing Go to youtube down to the comments section or below yeah. the videos in youtube and that's where he wanted you to, to place a comment that's not wasn't dmxing it, like. it or anything <laughs> hey that's an older reference Hey, look at that. Look at me. I was listening to DMX when you were born, player. That was that. That is probably. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, he, he put out that uh, that album junior year. High school mm -hmm. was legit. So good. Rest in peace. All right. That's a great way to end this show. We thank you all for listening. Again, let us know in the comment section if you like this style of show as we do more discussion-based stuff and you can get your breakdowns, your nerdy X's and O's stuff from the laboratory twice a week here on KC Sports Network. And then one-on-one -on -one with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito starts consistently weekly next week. We also have a post-game show and information on that that is going to be coming out soon along with the entire college side of our network and a bonus show in a month, mid-September. We will have eight shows per week here on KC Sports Network. So we appreciate your support and appreciate you continuing to let your friends know because that is the way the word is going to spread. You don't get a lot of media companies that are going to help other media companies tell everybody what they're doing. <laughs> so this is all going to be organic as we continue to grow this thing and try to put out great content. We appreciate all your support. And for anybody watching on YouTube, you're watching Nick take credit for being a Texan, but he's a city boy in his words. So those two things to me just do not make sense. Maybe we'll put a maybe we'll put a poll out on Twitter, Nick, and ask: Do a city boy and Texan can you be both of those things? Can you do claim it. both those things? Interesting. Let us Coffee. know in the comment section. My wife says time to end the show. All Good right. night, everybody. Thank you. See ya. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.